this is an encore broadcast of Streams in the Desert Live. Welcome to Streams in the Desert Live, an interactive prophetic talk show with pastor, evangelist, and prophetic teacher, Dana Bohansky, senior pastor of Streams in the Desert Ministries and House Church, where we look at the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy and give you, the listener, an opportunity to call in to ask questions and share information regarding the signs of the times. This ministry is dedicated to the preaching and teaching of the unadulterated word of the one and only true and living God under the power and anointing of God's Holy Ghost. Streams in the Desert Live is an expansion of Streams in the Desert Ministries. Now, here's your host, Pastor Dana. Shalom and blessings in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is Pastor Dana, and I once again would like to thank you for joining me today, October 3rd, 2018, for the Streams in the Desert Live internet radio broadcast coming to you from the Streams in the Desert Live home studio via StarWorldWideNetworks.com, where we look at the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy. Today's topic title is Soon Coming Prophecy to be Poured Out Upon the Evil of Iran. But before we get started, let us pray. Father God, we humbly come before your throne this day. Lord God, we bow down. We thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you've yet to do. Lord God, we ask that the power and anointing of your Holy Spirit take us throughout this time together, that your word would go around the world, Lord, doing that in the hearts and minds and spirits of your people that you have prepared and ordained for this hour. We love you and praise you and thank you for all that you've done, all that you're doing, and all that you've yet to do. And Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you for taking my place upon the cross of Calvary that I may have eternal life if I will walk the straight and narrow path, not looking to the left or right, but keeping my eyes steadfast upon you, walking in the power, working and anointing of your Father's Holy Spirit, and Holy Spirit, have your way in this day, and in Jesus' precious and holy name we pray, amen and amen. Well, folks, greetings to you all once again from wherever you are in the world as you join me, your host, Pastor Dana, today for another compelling episode of Streams in the Desert Live Internet Radio Broadcast. As we open the show for today, we will begin by way of retrospect to take a look at just how the Iranian aspect of the soon-coming war of Ezekiel 38 and 39 is entwined as one of its main players, who at the appointed time will step forth to share the stage with Russia and Turkey as they descend as a force with other lesser players As the word of the Lord God states, 
from the north to take a spoil from the land and people of Israel, only to in the end be decimated upon the mountains thereof. Our first piece comes to us by way of the Times of Israel, written by agencies and TOI staff, dated October 1st, 2018, and is titled, Iran Fires Missiles with Anti-Israel U.S. Slogans into Syria over Patriot Attack or Prayed Attack fatalities reported in Revolutionary Guards' strike. Drones also used. Iranian television says missiles bear death to America, death to Israel, and death to al-Assad. Messages upon them. Of which the writer thereof begins by stating, Tehran, Iran's Revolutionary Guard, launched six ballistic missiles as well as drone bombers early Monday towards Eastern Syria, targeting terrorists it blames for the attack on a military parade last month, while also threatening Israel and other regional adversaries as Tehran's nuclear deal with with world powers unravels. The missiles had anti-Israel and anti-American and anti-Saudi slogans written upon them. One missile showed on state television bore the slogan, Death to America, Death to Israel, Death to Al-Assad, referring to the Saudi Arabian ruling family. The missile also bore in Arabic the phrase, Kill the Friends of Satan, referring to a verse in the Quran on fighting infidels. The missiles had enough range to strike regional U.S. military bases and targets inside both Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates. Iran's supreme leader had called out the two Arab nations by name, accusing them of being behind the September 22nd attack on the parade in the Iranian city of Avez something denied by both Raiden and, or Riyadh, rather, my friends, and Abu Dhabi. Israel's Hasdashad TV news reported Monday night that one of the Iranian missiles crashed soon after launch. Monday's strike was second, was the second missile attack by Iran in a month and came as tensions rise ahead of renewed Uh, U.S. sanctions targeting Tehran's oil industry that will take effect in early November. This is the roaring of the missiles belonging to the Revolutionary Guard of the Islamic Revolution, an Iranian state TV reporter said as the missiles launched behind him. In a few minutes, the world of arrogance, especially America, the Israeli Zionist regime, and the al-Assad, will hear the sound of Iran's repeated blows. Al-Assad is in reference to the Saudi uh, Saudi Arabia's royal family. Iranian state TV and the state-run IRNA news agency said the missile killed and wounded militants in Syria without elaboration. 
the missiles launched from, got this, my friends, Western Iran, flew over Iraq and landed near the city of Baka Mil in the far southeast of Syria, they reported. Now, the article just shared was from October 1st, 2018. With that noted, let us now see just what happened this very morning, of which is illustrated in a piece written by David R. Sands of the Washington Times, dated, as I just stated, today, Wednesday, October 3rd, 2018, which is titled, U.S. cancels 1950s treaty with Iran after international court rules against sanctions, of which Mr. Sands begins thusly by saying the U.S. is pulling out of a 63-year-old friendship treaty with Iran, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo announced Wednesday, just hours after the International Tribunal ruled the Trump administration must roll back some of the sanctions it has imposed on Tehran over its nuclear and missile programs. Mr. Pompeo uh, appeared in the State Department briefing room to personally deliver the news, calling the termination of the 1955 agreement overdue and accused Iran of abusing the International Court of Justice in The Hague to undercut U.S. policy. Iran cited the 1955 agreement as the basis for arguing at the ICJ that curbs on the humanitarian trade announced by the Trump administration after President Trump pulled out of the 2015 Iran nuclear deal this spring and that they were illegal under international law. In a preliminary ruling, the court said that Washington must remove uh, by means of its own choosing. I like that phrase, my friends. They must remove by the means of their own choosing any impediments uh, rising from their re um, imposement of sanctions to the export to Iran of medical and medical devices, food and agricultural commodities, and spare parts and equipment necessary to ensure the safety of civilian aviation. Mr. Pompeo noted that the court refused to grant Iran much more sweeping relief from U.S. sanctions that Tehran Tehran had uh, demanded. He also said the U.S. sanctions policy, get this, my friends, already took into account exceptions for humanitarian transactions with Iran. So I guess according to that, they won't need to make any adjustments and accused the regime in Tehran of spending money on military adventures abroad rather than on the needs of its own citizens. Iran's foreign minister, Mohammed Javez Sefez praised the court ruling on Twitter, calling it another failure for sanction-addicted U.S. and a victory for rule of law, the Associated Press reported. Mr. Pompeo said it remained to be seen what the practical effects of uh, 
abrogating the 1955 amnesty treaty would be. He said Iran has been ignoring the agreement for a long time, and the ICJ ruling proved just one more reason for ending the accord. And, my friends, on that special note, I will be right back after the early break to continue our investigation into Iran, who is one of the major players in the soon-coming war of Ezekiel 38 and 39. I will also reveal to you the prophetic word that the Bible says that the Lord God has planned against Iran in the wake of all their evil doings from ancient times to present day and beyond. We have raised our hopes in our cities high. We have followed fragile dreams, but only one could take the measure of our Stumbled over the trials of life And we've wrestled the unseen But only one can calm the storm inside our souls In the hands of God we will fall Rest for the restless 
And just remember, my friends, that rest for the restless and the weary and that hope for the sinner only comes by way of the hand of God through his one and only begotten son, who is none other than Jesus Christ. Amen and amen to that, my friends. There is hope for us all if we will have a personal relationship in this life with the Lord Jesus Christ and be ready, watching, and waiting for his imminent return, which is soon and very soon when he returns for those who belong to him at his appearing in the rapture. Okay, my friends, now, as promised, I will share with you the prophetic word that the Lord God has in reserve for those who practice evil in the nation of Iran. This prophetic word will be presented by way of the work and of a man who's, uh, the, who the Lord God as well uses in the rendering of prophetic things uttered by way of the mouth of God to be heard by the ears of all mankind, and his name is Mr. Bill Solace. His piece is dated August 2014, 2014, my friends, keep that in mind, and is titled, Elam, Iran's Forgotten Prophecy, of which Mr. Salas begins by sharing Jeremiah's foretelling of Iran's future presents us a treasure trove of clues that may enlighten us about the fate of Iran's current nuclear aspirations. Later in this piece, Mr. Salas goes on to share that the destruction of Iran's nuclear program might be the subject of Jeremiah's ancient prophecy. Moreover, this prophecy can currently be classified as an imminent event. And even yet today, my friends, here in 2018, it's more imminent than ever. He says, the war-weary world is watching with worrisome eyes as Iran assembles a uranium uh, enrichment arsenal that now numbers about 19,000 centrifuges. Uh, Mr. Salas goes on to say, these many centrifuges uh, spinning 24-7 can produce a nuclear weapon within about six weeks. Perhaps even more startling, he says, is the June 9th, 2014 headline below from the Washington Free Beacon. Quote, Israeli officials, Iran to have 50 to 100 nuclear warheads by 2024. Mr. Salas then states, for a plethora of justifiable reasons, Israel may, Israel, many Arabs, and much of the international community are deeply troubled by the prospects of the current rogue Islamic Iranian regime possessing such a robust atomic arsenal. He then says, Jeremiah's foretelling of Iran's future presents us with a treasure trove of clues that may enlighten us about the fate of Iran's current nuclear aspiration. Mr. Salas next goes on to say, the following is an attempt to infuse biblical commentary alongside actual and possible future 
news headlines in order to uh, provide a real-time interpretation of Jeremiah's chapter 49, verses 34 through 39. He continues by stating, at first glance, this unique approach of writing may appear to be a bad case of a newspaper author uh, exegesis that is attempting to make Bible scriptures marry up with current events. However, he says, after reading the extensive research provided in my book, Nuclear Showdown in Iran, revealing the ancient prophecy of Elam, of which Mr. Salas revealed in an earlier unshared part of this article, my friends, with that said, he goes on to say, which takes an in-depth look at Jeremiah's prophecies concerning Elam, and I believe you will forget, or forgive, he says, the author's liberties taken below. Moving towards Mr. Salas, moving forward, my friends, Mr. Salas continues by sharing Jeremiah chapter 49, verses 34 through 39 in the news. In Jeremiah chapter 49, verse 34, it states the word of the Lord that came to Jeremiah the prophet against Elam in the beginning of the reign of Zedekiah, king of Judah, saying, Mr. Salas at this point interjects, quote, ancient 2,600-year-old prophecy predicts Iran's future. Iran has double trouble ahead, Ezekiel 38 and Jeremiah 49. Mr. Salas continues by stating Jeremiah issued his prophecies concerning Elam about 596 B.C. Jeremiah wrote about Elam about a decade before his contemporary Ezekiel uh, prophesied about Persia in Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 5. Ezekiel's ministry spanned between 595 and 573 B.C. Modern-day Iran is comprised of ancient Elam and Persia. Next, Mr. Salas shares that Ezekiel was familiar with Elam, according to Ezekiel chapter 32, verses 24 and 25. But he did not include Elam in the lineup of invaders in Ezekiel chapter 38. Elam was probably intentionally omitted because it is the subject of its own distinctly different prophecy outlined in Jeremiah. And I guess he didn't mention it because the Lord didn't tell him to mention it, my friends. And FYI, please, my friends, understand that the ancient city of Susa, which in the time of Daniel was where the palace of Shushan, or there again Susa, for Shushan was the Hebrew name of the same, was located, which is now to say the modern-day city of Shush, of which is located in the southern part of Iran, 150 miles north of the head of the Persian Gulf. And in the same uh, that was the ancient capital, and is rather the same that was the ancient capital of Lem. Persia, once the name of the now modern-day city of Fars, 
was adopted as the name of the now modern-day country of Iran and is the name that it went by for centuries and applied to the whole Iranian plateau. Meanwhile, my friends, back at Mr. Salas's article, where we now pick up with him reciting the next verse in the prophet Jeremiah's chapter 49, verses 34 through 39, biblical prophecy concerning what is now known as modern-day Iran, the scripture given is this, Jeremiah chapter 49, verse 35, thus saith the Lord of hosts, behold, I will break the bow of Elam, the the chief of their might. He then continues by giving a couple of news headlines current for the time period, my friends, just before and at the time of the writing of his piece, of which are as follows. Quote, Iran, continuing ballistic missile program, ICBM, ICBMs, says UN report, as reported by Israel National News, May 16, 2014. Quote, Israeli Prime Minister threatens to strike Iran, Benjamin Netanyahu, says Israel may have to act against Tehran unilaterally uh, to curb it from achieving its nuclear goal, as reported by Al Jazeera and July 17th, 2013. Mr. Salas, picking up in the continuation of his outline, states that Elamites were warlike people and expert archers. According to Genesis chapter 14, verses 1 through 9, and Isaiah chapter 22, verse 6, Jeremiah predicts that Iran will suffer the fate of a broken bow which might imply that the IRGC, or Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps, will be unable to launch scores of its missiles at its enemies. Additionally, says Mr. Salas, he declares that Iran will be struck at the foremost place of its might, which today could infer an attack upon its nuclear program. One of Iran's most strategic and vulnerable nuclear targets is the Bashar uh, nuclear reactor located in the heart of ancient Elam. My friends, remembering that this place was written, this piece was written rather, in 2014, the writer, Mr. Salas, at that time further states that presently, Israel has dual concerns about Iran's military intentions. They are concerned about Iran's quest to obtain nuclear weapons and the rogue regime's obsession with, the, with developing ICBMs. And my friends, that concern has not changed to this very day. In fact, they've already just been in the news in the last day talking about how they found a secret uh, site that they're doing things in over in Iran. Israel pointed it out to the IAEA, and nobody's paying any attention right now. That will take a few days before we hear more about that. 
Continuing on, Mr. Sellis says that the Jerusalem Post quoted Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu on February 25, 2014, as saying to German Chancellor Angela Merkel, the goal is to prevent Iran from having the capability to manufacture and deliver nuclear weapons. I believe that means zero enrichment, zero centrifuges, zero plutonium, and, of course, an end to ICBM development. Because none of these elements, none of them, he says, is necessary for developing civilian nuclear energy, which is what Iran has claimed that it wants. Now Mr. Salas moves on to the next verse in this biblically mandated prophetic word as set forth by the one and only true and living God of heaven, earth, and all mankind as well as Israel when he shares Jeremiah chapter 49 verse 36. Upon Elam, upon Elam I will bring the four winds from the four quarters of heaven and will scatter them towards all those winds, and there shall be no nation whether the outcast of Elam shall not come. At this point, Mr. Sala shares a news headline that simply asks the next Chernobyl, of which was taken from a news clip that states, Bashar, of which there again is Iran's nuclear power plant, however, could turn out to be the most dangerous piece of Iran's nuclear puzzle for another reason. Haphazard planning and ongoing technical problems mean it could be the next Chernobyl. Igniting a humanitarian disaster and explosive economic damage across the oil-rich region, as reported by the New York Times on January 2nd, 2013. From here, Mr. Salas states that Jeremiah informs us that the attack upon the ancient territory of Elam will produce numerous refugees, perhaps even turning into a humanitarian crisis. Exiles will be dispersed worldwide as if being blown about by overpowering winds. Several studies conducted of the safety of the Bashar nuclear site have concluded that an accident at the facility could result in such a disaster. Moving on to the next verse in the prophet Jeremiah's God-ordained prophetic word against the nation of Iran, Jeremiah states by way of the Spirit of the Lord God in chapter 49, verse 37, for I will cause Elam to be dismayed, meaning confused, my friends, before their enemies and before them that seek their life. And I will bring evil upon them, even my fierce anger, saith the Lord. And I will send the sword after them till I have consumed them. Now, my friends, some may be wondering just why the anger of the Lord would be so kindled towards the nation of Iran. 
But I am sure that the wonderment will be satisfied after the hearing of the next few new headlines that are as follows. Quote, Iran, thousands of missiles to rain down on Israel, as reported by WorldNet Daily, August 28, 2013. Why? Because it has always been the goal of Islam to destroy the Jews and to take over Jerusalem, my friends. Saudi Arabia displays ballistic missiles in likely display to Iran, as reported by National Journal, April 30th, 2014. Why? Well, in short, it is because, number one, they are both very powerful, oil-rich countries that are locked head-to-head in a battle as they vie for regional domination of the Middle East as a whole. Secondly, they are miles apart in their ways of thinking when it comes to the practice of Islam. In other words, each practices a different version of Islam. Iran is Shia Islam, and Saudi Arabia is Sunni Islam, of which in itself makes them arch enemies. With that said, my friends, let us now move on to the last headline presented by Mr. Salas, of which is, quote, Iranian commander, we have targets within America as reported by the Daily Caller in February 1st, 2014. Why? There again, in short, because Iran has always called Israel the little Satan and America the great Satan, due to the fact that both countries are a free people, greatly blessed of the one and only true and living God of which any Islamic-led nation, my friends, hates. After each of the just-shared headlines, my friends, I gave my own commentary. But Mr. Salas's reason for including the headlines was, and still is, to show how Iran is part, is, as he puts it, provoking the Lord God's wrath. He continues by saying, in addition to the Lord, Iran has other enemies in this prophecy. The headline above, he says, the headlines above, he says, depict a few of them. Each enemy, for varying reasons, seek to prevent Iran from becoming a nuclear nation. Mr. Salas goes on to state, additionally, Jeremiah says that Elam has stirred up the Lord's anger and that provokes the Lord to cease to cause rather a severe disaster inside of Iran. Perhaps he says this alludes to a nuclear disaster caused from a strike upon Iran's Bashar nuclear reactor. His book Nuclear showdown in Iran, he says, explains how the present Iranian regime has fiercely angered the Lord. Moving on to Jeremiah chapter 49, verses 38 and 39, the Lord God states, And I will set my throne in Elam, 
and will destroy from thence the king and the princes, saith the Lord. But it shall come to pass in the latter days, meaning the end of time, where we're at right now, my friends, that I will bring again the captivity of Elam, saith the Lord God. And to that statement of the Lord God, Mr. Salas, in return, quotes a couple more news headlines and are as follows. Quote, open doors. Growth of Christianity in Iran explosive, as reported by Christian Post in March 23, 2012. Greatest Christian revival in the world in Iran, reported by the World Net Daily in July 25, 2012. In closing, Mr. Salas explains Jeremiah's last two verses present the exiles of Jeremiah chapter 49:36 with a great piece of news. Iranians who accept Jesus Christ in advance of his second coming will return from global exile into the restored fortunes of their historic homeland in Elam. Moreover, Jerusalem in Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 17, and Elam in Jeremiah chapter 49, verse 38, are the only two earthly locations, he says, identified in Scripture for the future establishment of the Lord's throne, which, my friends, is in reference to the Lord's power. Mr. Salas ends his piece by stating, presently several million Iranians have already become born-again believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, Iran, he says, has the fastest growing evangelical population in the world, which I wouldn't necessarily call it evangelical, my friends, if they are just purely born-again believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. That just makes them a Christian, not a buzzword. He ends by saying multitudes of Iranians are accepting Jesus as their Savior through watching Christian satellite TV and experiencing miracles, dreams, visions, and healings. This Christian backstory, he says, of which I 100% agree with, is truly the big story of Jeremiah's prophecy. My friends, I have told you before that soon and very soon, I believe that the Lord God is bringing the people of Iran, their King uh, Cyrus, which is the land that King Cyrus originated from in uh, Persia, so, which is modern-day Iran. The thing is, is that soon I believe that this regime will be taken out by the Lord God's means, uh, and uh, the people will be freed to choose in whom they will serve for all eternity, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, and be a free people to do it. And, my friends, the last statement made in Mr. Salas's piece concerning 
the several million Iranians who have become born-again Bible-believing Christians is a snapshot as to the results of what a practicing Christian means. Because as Christians, we are called to point others by way of the name, the word, and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ in the direction of the cross of Calvary, which is the symbol of the beginning of salvation, of which translates into a person, a personal way of escape from the wrath of God that is soon and very soon, my friends, to be poured out without measure upon the rebellious, the godless, the ungodly, as in, my friends, the backslidden Christian who finds themselves in that state at the very moment that the Lord Jesus Christ returns for his own in the rapture. My friends, the word of God is clear. Beginning in John chapter 3, verse 16 through eight, uh, 21, the Lord Jesus Christ himself says that for so God so for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him who is he he's Jesus Christ should not perish but have everlasting life for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. My friends, it says might be saved because you have a free will from the Lord God, you're born with it, that you choose in whom you will serve for all eternity. Some choose the Lord Jesus Christ, which all should, but don't. And some choose Satan as their master, both here on this planet and forevermore. And they will reside with him in the lake of fire due to that choice. The word of God goes on to say, He that believeth on him, who is he? He's Jesus Christ, is not condemned. But he that believeth not is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light. My friends, this is not some uh, New Age light. This is the Lord Jesus Christ, because the Word of God says that Jesus Christ is, Christ is the light of the world. Now, it's been taken and counterfeited by all kinds of false religions, but this particular word is coming from the mouth of God to the ears of man, and it's about his one and only begotten Son, who is Jesus Christ, who is the light of the world. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be manifest, that they are wrought or fashioned in and of God. My friends, John says, speaking of Jesus in John chapter 3, verse 31 through 36, that he that cometh from above 
is above all. He that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from heaven is above all. And who is he? He's Jesus Christ. And what he has seen and heard, that he testifieth, and no man receiveth his testimony. He that has received his testimony has set to his seal that God is true. For he whom God has sent speaketh the words of God, meaning Jesus Christ came to speak the words of God, my friends. For God giveth not the Spirit, meaning his Holy Spirit, my friends, by measure unto him, because he was fully man and fully God, my friends. He was without sin, and that's the only way that he could ever take our place upon the cross of Calvary. The Father loveth the Son and has given all things into his hand, says the word of God. He that believeth on the Son has everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son, the Lord God says, shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth upon him. Moving on to John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6, Jesus speaking tells us of his promise to those who love him and to obey his Father's word, which is in reference to the Lord God in heaven and the Bible. Jesus says, beginning in verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. Jesus continues by saying, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you, and if I, Jesus said, go and prepare a place for you, Jesus said, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And whether I go, ye know, and the way, ye know. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not whether thou goest, and how can we know the way? My friends, I've told you time and time again, the word way means method. It's, simo- it's the same word. It's synonymous with method. So Jesus said unto him, I am the way. So Jesus is saying to him, I am the way. I am the method. I am the truth and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me, says Jesus. My friends, being saved by the precious and holy shed blood of the Lamb of God, which is in reference to the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the only Savior of mankind, may not seem important to you right now. But I want to be sure that you know that the second you draw your last breath upon this earth or the moment after the Lord Jesus Christ returns for those who belong to him at his appearing in the rapture, the story will have forever changed. Because no matter if it is that you have taken your last breath upon the face of this earth, or you have survived the time of great tribulation by taking the mark of the beast, which is spells doom from God, the result will be the same. For without a personal relationship with the Lord and only Savior, who is Jesus Christ, 
and being your savior, your personal savior, your last stop after the great white throne judgment day of God will be the lake of fire for all eternity. So I want to tell you here today how to avoid self-destruction by way of sin, my friends, that will ultimately land you in, as I just stated, the lake of fire for all eternity. In Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13, Paul, the apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ, wrote by way of God's Holy Spirit, what I like to call the blueprint of salvation by way of the precious and holy shed blood of he who is none other than Jesus Christ, the one and only begotten son of the one and only true and living God. And here's how it goes when Paul begins by stating in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, I like to say right living in the Lord Jesus Christ. And the word of God goes on to say, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture saith, whosoever believeth on him, who is he? He's Jesus Christ, shall not be ashamed. For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same God, my friends, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord what is his name? His name is Jesus, Jesus Christ, the Lord. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, shall be saved. Now, my friends, that doesn't mean that you just call upon the name of the Lord uh, if you're not near death's door and you're going to take your last breath. What it means there uh, in, in the life that we're living right now is that we must say that we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We must believe it in our hearts because the Lord knows our hearts. He looks at the heart and not the outside of the man. And if you don't live your life for the Lord Jesus Christ after you say you believe in him and you don't believe the things that's written in the word of God, but you say you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you're calling God a liar. Because the, the Lord has a specific set of rules written down in the Old and New Testament of the Bible, which mankind, all mankind, my friends, is supposed to be following. And when you don't follow them through the power working and anointing of God's Holy Spirit, for you cannot do it on your own, you must be filled with God's Holy Spirit to be able to walk the walk and talk the talk and to make it to the end, my friends, because if we didn't need the Holy Spirit, if we didn't need to be saved, if we didn't need the blood of Jesus to wash away our sins, then all of this would be ridiculous. But the fact is, is we need every single thing that the Lord God has laid out in his word, and it's precept upon precept. We are to follow the Lord Jesus Christ by Jesus's example to us and by the disciples at, uh, and the apostles' uh, examples to us, my friends, if we plan on making heaven our eternal home. Because we have to 
give our heart to the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to invite him into our heart to live there, to make his abode there, the Holy Spirit to make his abode or home there. And my friends, the Holy Spirit will not share a a place with filthy spirits, with the spirits of Satan. He will not stay. He will go. He will go. He's always a gentleman. If you receive the Lord Jesus Christ and then you begin to backslide and you begin to live life any way you want to and you think you're once saved, always saved, and that's it, that nothing can ever come between you and God, because that is a true statement, my friends, but they take it in the wrong direction. Nothing can come between you and the Lord Jesus Christ and eternal life unless you allow it. And how you allow it is by sinning willfully. Because the Word of God says, once we've received the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, there is no more, there's no more uh, sacrifice for sin. You already know that the Lord Jesus Christ is the one who died in your place and shed his precious and holy blood that you may have eternal life. So, my friends, once you know that, you are responsible for living the life that goes along with it. And if you do not live the life that goes along with professing that you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can fool man all you want. I may not know it, but the Lord might show me by his spirit. But most people may not know it, that you're just living a facade of, I believe in Jesus, but your life is, you're living it like hell. My friends, the Lord knows, and he's the one you have to answer to. So please, what my message here today from the Lord is, is that all need to be ready, watching, and waiting for the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ, because beyond that, you knowing what you should be doing in the here and now by receiving the Lord Jesus Christ and walking in the power, working, anointing of God's Holy Spirit, and not doing so, you will be left holding the bag on the other side of the rapture if you did not do it. Because the Lord God knows your heart. He knows that you thought, well, yeah, I should do that. I really feel like I should, but I don't want to give up this, and I don't want to stop doing that, and in and in and in. So the fact is, you can't fool God. I'm here to tell you that our time is very short and that you must prepare today my friends, for eternal life. It's forever. It's with it's time without end. You can't even imagine at this moment how long that is. Neither can I. But I want to be ready, watching and waiting for the imminent return of the Lord Jesus Christ because I will not share the lake of fire with Satan. I've come from that life. I've left it behind, never to return by the grace of God. As long as I have my right mind, I will always follow the Lord Jesus Christ and be ready, watching and waiting for his imminent return. And I want the same for you, because after we leave this earth, if I go to heaven for eternity, I don't remember a thing about whatever happened on this earth, my friends. And if you're not there, I won't remember you. But the bad part is that if you don't make it to heaven, you will forever look up into the halls of heaven from the lake of fire and see every single person, including myself, 
that ever tried to tell you, you need to have a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ today because you never know when your last breath is or that the Lord will return in his unexpected to the unsaved world at large to receive us for all eternity, my friends. And for that very reason, the Lord Jesus Christ gives this invitation to all who will receive it. When he begins by saying, behold, I stand at the door. My friends, that door is the door of your heart. He says, I, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, that's the door of your heart, my friends. I, said Jesus, will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. Jesus continues by saying, to him that overcometh, I will grant to set in my throne. I will grant to set with me in my throne, which means power. Even as I, Jesus said, also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne, meaning power, my friends. Jesus ends his invitation by saying, he that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit of God, my friends, saith unto the churches. My friends, last but in no way least, in Revelation chapter 20, verses 11 through 15, the great white throne judgment day of the Lord God is laid out very plainly, and in this particular segment of the Bible, it pertains to and focuses mainly on all who use their God-given will to choose death instead of life, and was pinned by John the Revelator, who saw it in a vision given unto him by the Lord God concerning the revelation of his one and only begotten Son, who is none other than Jesus Christ. And is this, when John begins to speak by stating, And I saw a great white throne, and he and him that sat on it, which is God, my friends, from whose face the earth and heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them, meaning those people who rejected God, my friends. And I saw the dead, meaning dead in spirit and dead in the flesh, my friends, small and great, stand before God. And the books were open. There's volumes and volumes and volumes beyond volumes of books, my friends, of those who have rejected God and gone on to their graves. And now you're finding out what's going to happen. And the books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of those things which were written in the books, according to not the work that Jesus did upon the cross, my friends, but the Bible says they were, they were judged according to their works. And the sea gave up the dead which were in it, and, the, and death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them, and they were judged every man according to their works, and death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. And here it is, my friends. This is the second death. They died physically. Now they're about to live forever, but as far as heaven's concerned, they're dead spiritually. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life, 
was cast into the lake of fire. My friends, today is the day of salvation. Ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins. Begin to know God's word, know it well, and know it correctly for yourself. Ask the Lord Jesus Christ to send the Holy Spirit and ask the Holy Spirit to come into your life. Ask the Lord God to give you the indwelling power, working, and anointing of his Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking with other tongues so that you will have the power to make it through the last leg of what it is we have to go through that is yet to come. And my friends, with that said, it's a wrap. May the Lord bless thee and keep thee. May the Lord make his face to shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee shalom, which means peace that surpasses all understanding and joy unspeakable that only comes from the throne of God. Shalom and blessings until we meet again. Join Streams in the Desert Live each Wednesday at 4 p.m. on Star Worldwide Networks, where your host, Pastor Dana, will examine the headlines of our daily news in light of Bible prophecy. Streams in the Desert Live thanks you for listening, for your phone calls, emails, and as always, your generous love offerings in support of this internet radio broadcast. You may also visit or email Streams in the Desert Ministries, home of Streams in the Desert Live, by way of the website or Facebook page, which can be easily found on the StarWorldWideNetworks.com Streams in the Desert landing page. Until next week, Streams in the Desert Live bids you all much love in Jesus, and that the peace of the Lord Jesus be unto you all, now and always. And remember, if you're not serving Jesus now, what makes you think you'll be doing it later in